I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. It's uh, It's been a while. My name is Bryce Coon. Since we've had Glenn West, Sonny Shep, and myself all on one, which signals recruiting is about to heat up even more as we get closer and closer to the opening of the transfer portal, early signing day, and just the final two games of the regular season. Guys, uh, we'll start with you, Glenn. I know you covered basketball yesterday. It's, uh, you know, there's some good things going on in basketball recruiting that we might touch on in this podcast, and that's about where the this, this, this ship ends, I think, with uh, basketball news. Yeah, he's got one eye steered towards next year already after three games. I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the team right now is in a pretty bad spot, you know, losing two straight um, in buzzer-beater kind of fashion where – Nothing really looked right um, in, in terms of the final seven minutes yesterday. And then, uh, of course, for most of the first half against the Nichols game, it was just atrocious. So uh, you've got a couple of top 60 commits coming in next year. But outside of that, I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're got all fingers crossed on the Jalen Cook appeal. But that's pretty much where I'm at with basketball. There's really not uh, a ton on the court right now that you can say that they they can really build on and 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 set kind of a, a standard for their season because they don't really have a whole whole lot of help right now. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, building for the future, that's for sure. But, guys, let's talk about uh, a couple things here today, and, and I wanted to start off with this. And, Sonny, we'll let you lead off with this. Obviously, some of the biggest questions on our board on social media and just around this LSU program have really stemmed from the effects of the coaching carousel that we're about to undergo. And one of those is obviously the loss of uh, Jimbo Fisher, his job at Texas A&M. LSU fans are wondering, hey, how does that affect some of the guys that we were looking at? So let's lead it off here with you. What does that uh, look like and how involved is LSU going to be with maybe some of the high school guys? And we can talk portal guys a little bit later, but some of the high school guys that were either committed or looking or leaning towards the Aggies. Well, I think when you, you know, LSU has been trying to poach those guys from this Aggie class for well over a month now. So, you know, I don't think you're going to see, uh, see any names all of a sudden just shoot up to the top of the board from Texas A&M's class. Same thing with Mississippi state, you know, one of the, everyone, when, when you see a coaching change, 
uh, it's going to go, it can go either one of two directions. Uh, the new coach, you know, the players who are already committed to the old coach, they're so loyal to them and that staff, and they just end up just shutting it down completely and looking in other directions. But on the flip side of that, you've got a new coach coming in who's just going to bring a lot of excitement on the recruiting trail. And so while LSU will have some – there will be some cracks in the door for LSU to, uh, you know, to be able to continue to work their way in with guys like Gabe Relliford, Terry Bussey, um, you know, those I think are the two guys right there to jump out at you. Obviously, Dominic McKinley is another one. But when you look at, you know, when, when when you look at the flip side of that, then you wonder, OK, a new coach who comes in, you know, let's just say and who knows, let's just say a guy like Deion Sanders, a guy like Dan Lanning. Let's say Texas A&M hits on one of their, you know, one of the guys that they really want. Well, that coach who's coming in is going to bring a lot of excitement with him. And, uh, you know, while it's good to look at Texas A&M's commits and wonder who you can get or the targets out there, I do think that LSU is going to have some nervous moments down the stretch. I think that the new coach coming in at Texas A&M very well could target Jelani Watkins, a guy that, uh, mm. you know, that if the, uh, you know, if Jimbo Fisher and, and that staff, if they would have, if they would have pressed, uh, you know, as hard as LSU was, you know, who knows what would have happened with Jelani Watkins. Um, so that's one guy right there. Then you obviously, you know, you look at the other Texas commits, you know, Weston Davis, a one-time commit to Texas A&M. Who knows if they bring in a new offensive line coach that he has a past previous relationship with. So there's just a lot of variables at play that you're really not going to get any answers on, um, you know, until Texas A&M hires that guy. But the good thing for LSU is that whoever they do hire is going to be limited in time. You know, he's not going to have a ton of time on his side to be able to come in, to be able to get a staff in place, to be able to determine who he's going to keep, who he's not going to keep. So that's going to bring, you know, that's going to bring a lot of questions in the recruits' minds on the on the recruiting trail. And, uh, you know, the LSU staff, they'll be getting out on the road the day after that Texas A&M game for in-home visits. And so they'll be able to kind of sow some of the – put the, some of those seeds in the ground uh, in some of those heads and then be able to answer some questions – the recruits have on their own about LSU. So exciting time coming up, but for the Texas A&M, the Mississippi state and any other coaching search out there coming up, you just really have to just put a big TBD out there and just enjoy the roller coaster ride with the rumors. Yeah. Glenn, I want to go to you on this because we talk a lot about roster construction. We get a lot of questions about that. I mean, look, there's some big names on that Aggie roster that are currently playing that LSU would really like to have on next year's team. I know that you and I have both kind of been talking with people on the board. You know, Evan Stewart would be a nice guy to give a call to. Is there anyone that you're looking at maybe outside of Stewart? I know they got some really, really fantastic defensive linemen. Uh, when you look at that roster, this is an opportunity for Portal uh, it look it opens up on December the fourth, but it's already open because of that coaching vacancy for Texas A and M. What do you kind of think is uh, something that they could look as you know this really this uh, frenzy season kind of starts to kick off? Yeah, I mean, I think certainly the first call that I'm making, especially if LSU is in a position where you're looking at Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas both moving on from the program after this year, um, it, it's going to be to a guy like Evan Stewart. I mean, he's uh, a very dynamic receiver, somebody that I think would fit well next to Nussmeyer um, and, and kind of be that go-to option if they lose those two guys. But, um, I mean, look, the when, when you have a coaching change like this, I mean, of course there's going to be programs out there that are going to be looking at rosters and stuff. But, um, you know, I, I would give 
serious look at a guy like maybe Jacoby Matthews, who's a former uh, Louisiana recruit and guy that LSU recruited very hard, you know, really wanted uh, as part of its class in the secondary. Um, I think he would make a ton of sense because, you know, you're going to be losing some attrition there at the safety position with, uh, with, you know, guys like major Burns, uh, Andre Sam moving on certainly with what's going on with Greg Brooks right now. Don't think you can expect him to be playing any kind of football. Uh, it's much more of a life situation right now with him. And yeah. uh, so, you know, I think that they're going to have some, 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 some stuff that they're going to have to look at in terms of you know, their defensive line. And uh, certainly in the secondary with a guy like Matthews, I mean, they have, and I'll say this, they have a ton of talent on the defensive line and, and a ton of talent at Ed Rusher. I mean, um, you know, Shamar Stewart is a former five-star recruit that's there right now. I mean, that, that 2022 class that was just littered with five stars and, and high four stars. It's one of the highest ranked classes, I believe in, in, in the country uh, of all time. You know, there's, there's a lot of talent there. And I think a lot of talent that LSU could use, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but, you know, the flip side to this is that LSU's already kind of gone into a and uh, that a and well, and uh, taking a guy like Denver Harris, and that hasn't exactly panned out for him. So I think it's really going to be about fit uh, and opportunity more than anything. And, and, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I would like to have a, a guy like a Jacoby Matthews on board, uh, former Louisiana guy who could come in and potentially play for you right away. Um, you know, he's got some size, some length. Uh, but certainly Evan Stewart, I think, would be the guy. Uh, just, you know, we were writing this roundtable thing today and, uh, you know, we, uh, all of us kind of penciled receiver as a really, really big need, especially if you lose your top two guys. Uh, so I think Evan Stewart would make a ton of sense in terms of coming in and having a true number one option for us next year. Because um, I don't think you can go into next year thinking, all right, Aaron Anderson, Chris Hilton, uh, Kyron Lacey, potentially. I mean, th- th- if that's going to be kind of your top group, um, you better hope that Nuss takes a big jump in terms of his throwing and, and in terms of his development because, um, you know, that that's an unproven group, I think, as a whole right now. I think they've had some moments, um, particularly Lacey has shown you some flashes of being a big play guy. Hilton's had a couple big grabs, but nothing to the point where you're super, super stoked about what, what that could look like next year as a core group. So I do think that receiver is going to be a big, big time uh, look in the, in the portal. I think the defensive line uh, is going to be a big look. I think secondary with safety and corners are going to be a big look again. Um, but we also talked with Brian Kelly, even on Thursday, and he said a big part of this off season in particular, in terms of what they're going to be looking at is, retention more than anything else more than addition i mean the last couple of years they've had to really dive into the portal with double digit numbers uh they really don't want to do that i don't think this year i think they'd like to retain a lot more of their roster this year instead of having to you know constantly flip over you know something like the defense here where yeah you've seen it continuity and chemistry from year to year it just hasn't really translated these first couple seasons and i think that they want to get into a position uh, where they have you know a couple guys around the program for a few years, so it's going to be uh, some big selling points. I think this off season and certainly in the the weeks following the regular season that LSU hopes they can keep a lot of their defensive core or some of their defensive core intact, uh, and then kind of sand out the edge from there. Yeah, you want to get to a point where you're adding maybe single digits and it's kind of uh, the cherry on top rather than yeah. kind of the meat and potatoes 
of that group. And, and I think too, you know, you mentioned, look, we, we can all have a free agent wish list that, you know, you see in other sports when it comes to this portal stuff, but uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, Evan Stewart's a guy that I guarantee you is going to at least be reached out to by this staff, by Cortez Hankton and the staff, uh, you know, Shamar Stewart, Walter Nolan. I mean, look, when Texas A&M rolls in here next week, they're still going to have a very formidable front seven that's could you know going to be a fun matchup to watch, uh, regardless of, of who the head coach is. And Sonny pointed this out. I cannot remember the full name of their interim head coach. It's Elijah something, but reading in between the lines and, and looking at it, Elijah Robinson, he's very well respected, and it speaks volumes about that they went to him as the interim head coach instead of Bobby Petrino, who has head coaching experience, DJ Durkin, who's had a rocky head coach experience, and Steve Adazio, who has rocky head coaching experience up at Boston College. So Sonny's shaking his head down there, quite the staff over there in College Station that they thought they've accumulated. It's interesting, but you know, LSU fans are going to want to point fun, and uh, hopefully they get that win next weekend. Uh, guys, we're going to talk about potential dominance. That's another thing that I think we should probably yeah. mention here before we move on. You know, next week's going to be a big week, I think, in terms of the immediate 2024 guys. I mean, if you're hoping to get Bussy and Relaford on board, um, you know, there wouldn't be much better of a, a last pitch to those two players uh, than for them to come in next weekend and watch LSU knock off A&M in commanding fashion. I mean, I think that yeah. would – uh, we'll we'll see if that would make a huge huge difference, but I think that it would certainly be another positive momentum boost for LSU and their recruitment if they were to get those two guys on campus. Um, and you you have a good showing here in your regular season finale and kind of show that you're a program that's still on the rise and not one that's maybe plateaued like a, like an A and M has these last several years. Yeah, I think you almost said couple, and then you change it to several, and you could probably say six years that they've just kind of plateaued in this weird spot. So been very interesting. Uh, guys, let's take a look at some dominoes that are going to be falling for this 2025 class over the next three months. Uh, we're going to start it with the kid that literally plays in the shadows of LSU's football facility. Keelan Moses is going to be making that decision on November the 30th. Sonny, the latest on that, and, and how do you feel as we get closer and closer? We're, we're, look, we're, a lot of us are going to be finishing off our um, you know, our Thanksgiving leftovers the week after and we're going to be waiting for this Keelan Moses decision. How, how do you feel as we roll closer and closer to that decision date? Yeah, he's uh, he 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 seems intent on shocking the world. Uh, he's I know he's tweeted that I don't know how many times over the last few weeks. Um, right now, I still you know I don't think it's going to be a, a, a big shock. I think he's going to stay home, and I think it's going to be LSU right now. But. Um, you know, who knows? Who knows when it comes to recruiting? Obviously, Florida, you know, Florida is a school that has kind of made him a priority, has, uh, you know, uh, Corey Raymond, obviously, over there. They've got that relationship. He's got a really close relationship with the family and stuff, going back to even before LSU recruited uh, Dylan Moses, who went to Bama. So, um there's some ties they have right there. I know he uh, took a trip out to Oregon, uh, you know, really liked that. Uh, I think he I think he went out to Colorado, too, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty so. sure he went out to Colorado, too. Um, you know, but but as of right now, I think LSU is in a good position. I think LSU and, and especially Frank Wilson. Frank Wilson recruited that family forever. Going back to uh, to Dylan Moses when uh, you know LSU offered him, I want to I want to say he was in seventh or eighth grade. I think eighth grade, wow. if I'm not mistaken, uh, could have been seventh though. But anyway, they recruited him for you know for five plus years, six plus years, um, and, and there. 
I mean, if they were uh, for five or six years, like how do, how do you lose that guy? I mean, he went to Bama after all that. I mean, that that's a little surprising, but. Well, that was also the you know the whole Les Miles thing and get him being uh, canned and stuff that all played true. into that that's you right. know, uh, and, and and so but in, you know my point being is that they've recruited that family for a long time you know yeah. and so uh, you know I, I would be really surprised if it was anything you know anything but LSU and then that sets up Harlem Berry in December you know it gets yeah. that way into you know one of the you know depending on uh, which set of rankings you look at, you know, one of the top three running backs in the country, a five-star right there out of New Orleans, um, you know, and I think LSU, once again, Frank Wilson and Sherman Wilson uh, have really positioned LSU to where I like where LSU is in that race as well. And that would be, uh, you know, that, that would be two big pickups and really kind of uh, springboard them into uh you know into that big january announcement yeah before we get to that big january glenn i want to go to you because i know look keelan moses a fantastic athlete for ulab baton rouge down here or ulab lsu he does a good job with with everything he does in the field but profiles is that linebacker which you said look linebacker hell is going to need some help kind of in the future because you're not really going to have probably harold perkins when keelan moses gets to campus in 2025 so your thoughts you know, on what Moses would bring to the table for the roster. And then we'll talk about Harlem Berry, who, like Sonny said, top three running back in the country, no matter whose ranking you're looking at, this kid's a playmaker. Yeah, I mean, look, the future of the linebacker spot right now, I think is still very much up in the air, especially when you're thinking about it in two years' time, much less just next year where, you know, you could be in a spot where does LSU really want to try Harold at inside linebacker again this offseason? I mean, like, what does that look like? Um, and then you potentially be losing Omar Spates after this year as well. I mean, there's uh, the, the cupboard would be pretty bare at that point with the Weeks brothers and Christian Brathwaite kind of as your uh, young ascending pieces that you'd hope to to kind of stick around. But um, so I, I do think that even, you know, look, the, the portal position uh, or portal addition out of for, for linebacker would be very, very necessary for LSU this offseason. Um, but when you look at 2025 and when Moses would potentially be getting here, um, then then the cupboard's really bare, and you don't really know exactly what you're going to be looking at in a couple years' time uh, at that position group. And so, I, I, it would be a big addition for for uh, for sure if LSU was able to land him and um, certainly get him into the program pretty early. Um, very explosive athlete, like Sonny said. Um, so you, there's there's uh, a lot of uh, you know. When you're looking this far into the future in terms of guys that you want on the roster, um, I think you have to prioritize those Louisiana pieces. And, and I mm. think that if you land these two, uh, you feel really, really good about yourself. I mean, it, you look at the running back situation and you, you have a in 2025 a junior and Caleb Jackson and, and Trey Holly, and then you'd have a second-year guy in Caden Durham. Uh, and then you can kind of mix in Harlan Berry as a true freshman. That's a really, really good, strong nucleus at running back there uh, if you have those guys in two years' time. So uh, I do think that LSU is going to be in a good position here with a couple of these Louisiana pieces. I mean, I think you have to really continue to recruit this state hard because, uh, as we've already seen, 2025 and 2026 is very rich in talent uh, with, with Louisiana prospects. And so – uh, getting those as many of those guys on board as possible, I think, only helps 
Uh, and I think it's something that the, the recruit, the, the LSU staff has certainly uh, worked towards for, for years now and, and will continue to do so. So uh, I'll be very interested to see just kind of how uh, that plays out. But I do, I do think that, you know, Moses and, and certainly Barry and you know, James Simons, another in-state mm-hmm. recruit that I know they'd love to have um, some several others that are you know, already committed. Um, you know, they, they, they want to build that wall in Louisiana and you've got to start at the top with those players. Uh, and we saw them, you know, they've already missed out on a couple big ones this recruiting cycle. Um, they missed out on a few last recruiting cycle. I know that was very much out of their hands and, you know, you never were going to get a guy like Arch Manning on board or whatever, but um, you know, they've, they've, they've certainly, I think got to continue to build those walls up in Louisiana because the talent over the next couple of recruiting cycles in particular is going to be really, really, really rich. And I think could be a, a foundational kind of, uh, piece to what LSU's trying to build here over the next several years. Well, those two dominoes that we talked about in Keelan Moses and Harlem Barry would not only add immense talent to your room, but guys, it, it just continues to build the resume of what this 2025 class could be. Uh, and I sit in the camp as if that January decision of Bryce Underwood goes the way that you know LSU fans want it, you're talking about one of the best classes all time that they could start to build. Uh, with that 2025 class. So, Sonny, we sit two months out from this decision, or I guess, no, I mean, it, I can't believe January is going to be here fairly soon. But, you know, how do you feel on the Bryce Underwood, especially with the news, and I'll preface it with this, Michigan adds a four-star quarterback from the 2025 class uh, out of the state of Florida, and it seems that they're willing to go to quarterbacks uh, but I don't know if you saw, you know, Bryce Underwood's, uh, you know, kind of sarcastic tweet he had where it said bet. That was something that J.J. McCarthy and them were doing about Jim Harbaugh. And uh, it was kind of people, – a lot of people think it's alluding to the news of Michigan adding the quarterback. LSU fans were excited. So your thoughts where they said a month and a half out uh, really from Bryce Underwood's decision date? Well, the fact that Colorado and Michigan have quarterback commitments, uh, you know, I, I think that's a non-factor. You know, Bryce Underwood um, – you know, Bryce Underwood's the type of player to where he makes other quarterbacks decommit. You know, he, he he's not worried about who, you know, who's on board or, or anything like that. And, uh, you know, I think that for LSU, I think the best thing that can happen for LSU is that all this Michigan stuff and Jim Harbaugh, the speculation really starts ramping up, you know, like it does every year around mm-hmm. this time about the NFL is he going to go to the NFL? Is the NCAA going to come down, uh, you know, on top of what the Big Ten did? Uh, you know, just all the, all the speculation out there only helps LSU and really gives, uh, you know, really gives Joe Sloan, Mike Dimbrock, and Brian Kelly just a chance to stand on their pulpit and just, you know, preach Jaden Daniels, the quarterback development. You come here, look at the offense you're going to have. You know, LSU fans want to know the best way to hold on to DeCorey and Moore, the five-star receiver out of Duncanville. Bring another five-star into the into the fold. Harlem Berry, bring another five-star into the fold. Bryce Underwood, uh, you know, start, start surrounding those pieces. And I think that that would really help in keeping a guy like Moore on board. But a lot of eyes, I think, are going to be on the, uh, you know, Michigan host Ohio State uh, the, the Saturday that LSU host uh, Texas A&M. Yep. Does Underwood pop up over in Ann Arbor? Uh, you know, some folks, uh, you know, make a or, or, 
you know, making a kind of a big deal about, oh, well, you know, he hasn't been to Ann Arbor yet this year. Yeah, but he's been 18 times in the past. You he's know, lives in Ann Arbor. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, so yeah, he's probably tired of the place for a little bit, you know. Uh, so I get the, you know, so that doesn't really bother me that much. Um, you know, the thing that, the thing that I'm going to be keeping an eye on is just that speculation, just that rumor yeah. bill. Does it keep going? Is that something that is still in the back of their mind? You know, really like where, uh, where Sloan, Kelly, and Denbrock have LSU positioned in this race. Uh, and you never want, and, and I don't think that it is in this, that it, that it is in this case, you know, you never want to, to deal with an NIL situation like a Jaden Rashada in Florida and all of that. Mm -hmm. I don't think that LSU will have to deal with a situation like that, but you always wonder when you're dealing with quarterbacks, when you're dealing with five stars, we know about the, you know, we know about the stories and the talk of LSU's coffers, how they're not as rich and deep as, as some other schools and stuff like that. So, you know, there's just so many factors over these next two months that you have to kind of keep an eye on. But in recruiting, if you look at this day and time we're in right here, right now, you know, I don't think LSU would want to trade it, would want to trade its spot with anyone else. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Glenn, you talk about that spot. I mean, yeah, this team's not going to be playing in an SEC title game or they're not going to be playing in a bowl game, but that second week in December, there's a strong chance their quarterback's going to be sitting in New York. Uh, that's another pitch for Bryce Underwood to look a month out from his decision and say, wow. I mean, talk about Jane Daniels' success and how it can translate to just a continuing building resume for Joe Sloan and Mike Denbrock to sit here and say, the proof's here. I mean, you, we don't have to go out and make up hypotheticals. This is what can happen. Yeah, I mean, I think Brian Kelly put it best. I think he talked about it some on Monday in his press conference on Monday where he talked. Uh, somebody asked him the question about, you know, how, you know, Jaden Daniels' season affects them in recruiting going forward. And he says, well – I mean, if Jaden's going to be there in New York City and is going to be a Heisman finalist, and you know if he ends up winds up winning it, um, that's two Heisman trophies in five years for LSU's program. And I know that they're different coaching staffs and whatnot, but yeah. he he said I think his exact quote was, 
it's that's not an accident. It's going to be a trend. And and mm-hmm. and if you can start building that trend of having elite offenses and building, uh, you know, a foundational uh, kind of forward-moving offense that has been so electric this year was certainly that way in 2019, and and even last year I thought had its moments where you could see that the the writing was on the wall that this thing was going to be really really successful. Um, that speaks not only to a guy like Underwood, who's a very uh, you know a guy who I think can can you can expect to come in and play uh, very very early in his career, but also to other elite weapons like you know DeCorian Moore, who's on board right now, to you know some of these receivers and running backs that LSU is really hotly pursuing in 2025. So I think that makes uh, an immense impact on just uh, the on-field product, and and is this an on-field product that you want to come join as a system and uh, you know be you know, kind of the next guy in line to to, to kind of take that, that those reins? I think that's an absolutely a, a pitch that LSU can make, and could be something that helps tip the scales in their favor come January. You never know, but um, I know that if I was a recruit out there and, and I was looking at the way LSU's operating on offense right now, um, it 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 would be very, very high on the list of, of places that I would want to go because of just how consistent they've been, how explosive they've been. Um, you know, I asked Brian Kelly yesterday a, a question on Malik Neighbors and him potentially being able to break the all-time receiving yards record at LSU. And, and a lot of that production's come in the last two years with Kelly and with Cortez Hankton and certainly Denbrock calling plays. And, uh, you know, Kelly essentially said it's just another piece that we can pitch to these recruits to – to say, hey, you know what? This guy is doing this in two years that we've been here. Uh, he's had back-to-back a thousand-yard receiving uh, uh, seasons, and uh, you know, was up for the Bolitnikov Award. And you know, we've got probably the best one-two duo in, in terms of receiver in the country. That's all great stuff that you can add to the pitch, certainly for freshmen and high school recruits, but also for portal guys as well. So, all that stuff I think makes an impact. Um, certainly with the way NIL is right now, that's always going to be there. I mean, that's always going to be a part of these conversations and what uh, LSU can offer in that respect. But I think the biggest thing that, uh, you know, I've learned from Kelly in the last several months of him talking about NIL is that they do a pretty good job of not, uh, you know, off making, you know, just verbatim offers, but they do a good job of pitching to these recruits that, um, you know, if you come in here and you work hard, the NIL opportunities will come uh, with that and you'll you'll be able to to set yourself up pretty nicely once you get here. So I think that's a really strong approach to take. Look, you're going to miss on some guys, but uh, I think a lot of these prospects that kind of watch what LSU's doing, uh, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, um, you know, it, 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 it you come in here and, and, it, and it seems like if you if you perform well, it'll be pretty easy to make some of that NIL money. If you if you go out there and you you have a strong work ethic and you you earn your spot and you you kind of earn your place in, in the rotation, you're gonna you're gonna find some success. Yeah, you've got an offensive group that you mentioned. You're probably gonna have a Heisman finalist. You're probably gonna have a Bolitnikov Award finalist and a Joe Moore Award uh, semifinalist and potentially finalist as well with that LSU offensive line. It's the best resume that you could possibly want heading into this next cycle. Uh, guys, we'll end it with this right here. And, and I wanted to talk about this. There was a large miss rate on the portal, and we can all effectively say that of what they did last year. Sonny, what is that something? We'll start with you on this. Uh, they can't obviously afford that again if they want to continue to build and, and trend upward as a program. 
Is that something that uh, it has to change in the evaluation or, or maybe the development side of things? Things didn't occur. Where, where do you sit on the fence with that? Oh, I think that's just a that's just a byproduct of the portal. You know, I mean, you're getting guys who have been embedded in other team, other locker rooms for, you know, Denver Harris one year, Deuce Chestnut uh, spent three years in the Syracuse locker room. Uh, I don't think it's any secret that, you know, those two guys right here were huge bust, you know, for this season, yeah. for what they were brought in for. Um, and you go back and you look at, you know, they're not they're not playing because LSU's got so many able bodies in the cornerback room and competition is so stiff. You know, they're not playing because of something they did or something they didn't do and probably a combination of the both. You know, I think both of them, you have to put, you know, very questionable futures in doubt. Uh, Chestnut, he came here with uh, the, 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 the two years to play mm-hmm. in a red shirt. So he still had that. So he could use this as a red shirt year. You know, you hope gets his act together and stuff. Uh, Denver Harris, he played and, you know, he's played in too many games to be able to red shirt. And uh, but there's no question that, you know, you, you've either got to you've either got to move on from those two and you got to replace them or you got to get something out of them next year. Yeah. You know, and, and I think when you look at the cornerback situation now for LSU, you know, if you don't get a Terry Bussey, I don't think it makes any sense to go out and just bring somebody in because you got a lot of guys in that cornerback room. You yeah. just don't have the right guys and the right guys with experience right now. And so, you know, instead of adding another cornerback to the room, I think you take what you got and you go into it and then you go and you say, okay, you find that JK Johnson, you find that Denver Harris, you find that, that portal guy um, who looks like he could be a number one corner, and you say, we have an opening. Come be that yeah. guy. But you just have to, you know, you have to do your due diligence. You know, Denver Harris didn't come out, didn't come here with uh, without any baggage. You know, that was a risk that Brian Kelly chose to take. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, you're going to have some of those risks that are going to pay off. You're going to have some of them that don't. But as far as, you know, the just the nature of the beast, I just think that's what we deal with now. You know, that's what you yeah. deal with now with the portal. You know, you're also getting guys, instead of recruiting guys who are 16, 17, and 18-year-olds, now in some cases you're recruiting 20 or 21-year-olds. And so they're at different places in the maturity in their life. You know, some of them have matured for good reasons. Some of them, their maturity level just went the opposite way. And, uh you know, that's just a product of what you're going to get. And, and going back to what Glenn said, you know, Kelly said this, and I've mentioned this in the past too, is that LSU is not going to have a huge portal class. When you go back, when you look at the numbers and everything, they don't have a big graduating senior class yeah. uh, going out either. And they've already got 25, you know, 25 uh, commitments. I can see them signing as many, as many as 29, maybe even getting up to 30. And so they're going to have to have some attrition. In the past, when they had that attrition to the portal, it was like, okay, let's go out. We lost an offensive lineman. Let's go find one. We lost one. Let's go find one. I think what you see them is they're planning ahead for that attrition that they know is coming. And instead of having to go out and get portal guys, they're using that to load up on the on, on the high school and JUCO front. Yeah, yeah. Obviously some names that you should keep tabs on uh, and go 24-7. Uh, Glenn, end us off right here with this. Uh, 
as much as frustrating for fans, it has been to miss in the secondary at spots. Uh, you've had, you know, I would say two pretty nice rotational pieces in Paris Shand and Jordan Jefferson at the defensive line position that have, you know, been, I think, exactly what you probably expected them to. Uh, and then you've had Logan Diggs, which has probably been one of the best portal additions that LSU's had since the portal really has kicked off. I know, I know, Joe Burrow was it, and I get that. But Logan Diggs has been a really, really nice piece. Jane Daniels, very, very nice. Andre, where, where do you sit in the comfort level of this group's ability to kind of, uh, you know, you want to hit more on the more Logan Diggs situations, more Jordan Jefferson situations than the Deuce Chestnuts and the Denver Harrises? Yeah, I think we'll learn a little bit more about just how efficient or how good they are in the portal recruiting with these next couple cycles. If it's true that they really want to take less guys. I mean, when you're taking 15 guys every year, of course, there's going to be some some pieces that don't work out that don't. Uh, get the playing time that you want or or get the playing time that they want or really work out the way that you hope. Um, so, I mean, like if they, they – let's just say they whittle it down from 15 to six guys this year that they signed yeah. uh, out of the portal, they have to knock all those six guys out of the park. Like they have to make sure that the guys that they're bringing in, the, guy, the list that they're whittling down – they all have to be immediate contributors. You're not bringing in a guy out of the portal, and this is what Kelly has talked about so much over the last year or two. They don't want to bring in guys just to be fill depth like like they have done like the last couple of years. They want to bring in guys that they know um, can come in and make an immediate impact with the program. Now, a couple of those guys you brought in last year that you were hoping would make that immediate impact, like in the secondary with, uh, as Sonny mentioned, Harrison Chestnut, that didn't work out at all. So, I mean, like, they, they have to be able to make sure that their evaluations are uh, intact, that they know exactly what they're going to be getting from these players uh, when they bring them in uh, this offseason. So, um, I, I think that if, if you're really going to be tested this 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 offseason in terms of how how they build that out, how, how many transfers they bring in and just what that looks like in terms of immediate impact guys. Um, but I, I do think that it's going to be really, really important that – if you're going to really stick to your guns and go five, six, maybe seven guys, I'm not sure how, how, how many they go, um, that, that, they, that they all are going to be players that can come in and help you win games next year. Um, but but the, you know, that, that's going to be just one piece of it. I think a, a much bigger piece and something that Kelly alluded to uh, a lot on Thursday is going to be about player retention. I think that they're mm-hmm. going to have a lot of these exit meetings with these guys and trying to talk them into coming back next year. Uh, especially on defense. Like, I, I feel like you need to have a, a core foundation on defense you can build around for a couple years. Those guys have underwhelmed, I think, for the most part. I don't think anybody on here is going to disagree that the defense does not look great. Um, but I, I think you have to keep some of those guys around and, and hope that they develop this offseason, um, hope that they can continue to make, you know, take some building blocks into, into 2024 and – uh, that that continuity and that chemistry isn't being turned over so much uh, on a year-to-year basis. I think that's going to be a much, much bigger part of this offseason than maybe people realize. Yeah, as much as you recruit the portal, the high school rankings, you got to re-recruit your own roster each and every yeah. single year. That's going to be something really big to hit. But, hey, if you want the latest news and the latest conversation happening around, head over to, head over to uh, Go247, the uh, LSU arm of 24-7 Sports. Great network that you can check out. And, Sonny, I know we've got a great deal that we're about to hit off with some people. It's a chance for them to get a uh, maybe maybe a Christmas present. If your dad's a big LSU fan, your granddad's a big LSU fan, you want to join in on some great conversation with us, uh, tell, tell people how they can find that deal and, and what exactly they get all with that. 
Yeah, come get on that seventy-five percent off deal. I think it's I think it's going to start Thursday night. Uh, Black mm-hmm. Friday, it's this Black Friday deal, seventy-five percent off. It's like, uh, man, I think it comes out to like five cents a day, six cents a day, or something crazy like that for the next year. Uh, and so, just a, you know, just a great chance, a great time to get on there and stuff, and uh, you get to spend your holidays with with all of us and a bunch of LSU fans, right? Yeah, they just brought in a big portal guy and Matt Zenith to the national crew. So, like, they're yeah. if if you want to if you want to get in on portal action, that's the guy. And so we're uh, we're making moves over here and we're bringing in the right pe- people. So uh, we're we're excited about that, and we definitely want everybody to kind of come join the community and interact with us bums a little bit and see if we can't uh, uh, continue to grow the site out some. So that's, we're all, we're all excited. Uh, keep Glenn friendly and keep Glenn comfortable during basketball season. That's the biggest yeah. thing. Come and join the site, join the conversation on that, but no, it's a great deal. You make sure you take advantage of it. Look, you're not going to get anything for five cents a day. I mean, that's just, it's, it's not going to happen like that. And if you're an LSU fan, it's a great place to read a bunch of content and get some VIP stuff as well. But Hey, we appreciate you. If you're watching or listening to this podcast, the way you can support that is you can go over and you can get that subscription to go 24 seven. And you can also hit the subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube or follow the podcast feed, whether you're listening after the fact on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere that you get your podcast, Sunny ship, Glenn West. My name's Bryce Kuhn. We'll catch you next time as next week's a big one. They play Georgia State this weekend, Texas A&M to round out the regular season. And then uh, Glenn gets to figure out if he's going to be going to Orlando, Tampa, Jacksonville, or wherever in between for a nice Maybe little New, uh, New Year's vacation. New York. Glenn's going to New York first and foremost. And then, oh, I don't know. I haven't, we haven't run it by yet. So maybe. <laughs> Knock on wood. We'll see. We'll see. We'll catch you next time here on the Go 24-7.